Hey everybody, I just got back from an awesome weekend at Retro World Expo in Hartford, Connecticut. You could hear my voice is still a little scratchy from it. And one of the reasons I lost my voice is at one point I tried to get as many of my friends and fellow retro gaming nerds in front of a camera to hang out and do a mini interview of sorts because I wanted to put something together to make it feel like you were all hanging out there with us. And I always tell people how you really need to go to one of these in person in order to experience it, but not everybody can make it, uh, everybody could go to everyone. So I just wanted to put together a compilation of basically just me hanging out and chatting with people, hoping that it would make a pretty good podcast for you to listen to. I'm going to break it up into two parts because I did quite a few of these, and everything went right with the first one. There were some audio issues with the second as equipment batteries started to die as the day went on, but I hope that you would all enjoy this. One thing I do have to say is I did not get to everybody, which made me super sad. I tried to hit up all the people that came from a far distance, or at least got on a plane, but I did not get everybody, and that totally bummed me out because there were so many amazing people there that I really wanted to talk to. Also, I did kind of intentionally skip some of my friends in the New York area because I got to just stop being selfish and instead of hanging out and having fun, stick a camera in their face next time I'm down there. But that was meant as a, not as disrespect, but just as, hey, you know, I'm not going to see any of these other people for maybe another year. So let me go take a drive down and do this with you all in a month or so afterwards. So my love and respect to the New York crew that is absolutely, you know, no one was intentionally excluded or anything, but the people that I did get to talk to are all awesome. So a shout out to the people I missed. I'm so sorry. Hopefully we could do something together, but let's just start this thing out. And here's the first half of all of the different interviews and fun that I had at Retro World Expo. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mason Conrad. What's up, dude? What's going on, man? How we doing? Excellent to finally meet you yeah, in person. Absolutely. For anybody that doesn't know, anytime you see a thumbnail on RetroRGB <laughs> that isn't trash, you made it. So uh, thank you very much. Yeah, you, thank uh, you, man. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it because it's, you know, you've worked a lot with me about like, there's been more than a handful of times where I was like, dude, I don't even know what this video is about. Will you yeah. just watch it and make yeah. a thumbnail for yeah. me? Yeah, <laughs> like, hey, it works. Whatever, whatever your flow is, we'll make it work. Right. Yeah, so much appreciated. But yeah, uh, what, you know, what's your origin story? How'd you start doing uh, all this stuff? Yeah, so I started doing YouTube in 2012, mm-hmm. and I had a Nintendo channel called Nintendo News by Me. I was 14 years old. Uh, I was very awkward. and You know, on camera, like, I'm more comfortable these days. But back then, I was really socially awkward as a 14-year-old. I just didn't like... The idea of being on a camera, but I like the idea of YouTube and media, whatever. I just needed something to do at home. So I was like, okay, I'll make a YouTube channel. So I did that. And um, the main thing was just Nintendo News. As it would happen, I'm just kind of talking you know, to the camera, what's going on? What did Nintendo do today? But then it got into like, hey, I need some kind of backdrop. Um, so then it got to like me buying things for the backdrop, like posters and stuff that I'm like, oh, it's kind of cool. you know. But I started doing that. And then it started to become me being the collection guy. 
So then by the end of it, the eight year stretch, I think I finished in 2019, 2020 maybe, um, I had a whole backdrop full of like, I had a Mario Bros arcade machine. I had like 32 different shelves full of just merchandise, each categorized. But that was kind of my shtick on the channel. Is like I just have a massive the Mario collection basically. Um, but awesome. in doing that, I gained like the the I did I did I like learning. So it's like I wanted to. I see people's thumbnails. I watched a lot of Game Explained back in the day, mm-hmm. um, and like Dame Drops, Food Guys. Like I just saw a bunch of different genres of YouTube. But it's like, how do you stand out on your own? You know, I didn't want to be the guy who, at 16, is spending money that I don't have really, besides Taco Bell, to go pay somebody to do thumbnails. So I'm like, I'll just work with this, see what I got. Started on an iPhone, then I got the MacBook, then I got Photoshop, and then that's really where I started working. But um, at that point, you know, I gained all the skills for the graphics, for the editing, all that. So once I was done with YouTube, it got to a point where I was like, okay, I need to just, I don't know, do something else. Like I woke up one day. My goal was 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. Not a great idea because then it puts a cap on me. But like more of an achievement than anything. But I saw it as something else. So I'd hit that. I woke up that next day and I'm like, that's done. Now what? What's the new thing? So I basically was like, hey, I'm just going to do freelance, I guess. Like if anybody needs things, like you've seen what I do on my channel. Um, I'm done with that. Like, you know, well wishes to that channel, but that's it. I'm done. So if you guys need anything, you know, you can message me, whatever here. And that was when I was still working at Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, so then a couple people were like, oh, this is interesting. You know, you're doing this now. So one person led to the next, led to the next, and here we are. What made you decide to stop doing it? Stop doing YouTube, I mean. Um, so it got to a point where it's like the whole dead channel thing, I, you know, you hear about the algorithm. There's no right way to do YouTube, I don't think. But from what I knew, I didn't care enough the, about the analytics at all. So I was trying to hit that, that goal. It was stupid. Like, it's, that, it was for the wrong reasons, pretty much. But it was like, I was a kid, and that's, I just like the idea of having my, I guess life in Ohio was really boring and dull, <laughs> and people there are just not my type of people. But the internet is such a more diverse pool of options, you know. So I got to a point where I'm like, okay, well, I can do this and make friends here. Um, but then after so long, I'm like, I just really enjoyed the process. So eventually, I just got to a point where I was like, okay, well, I am not passionate about it anymore. So at that point, I just decided it was, it was over. But That's cool. I have a hard time letting go of stuff. So yeah, it's like if I yeah. started a project, like I, I you know, am, I'm very really tough to be like, okay, I'm done. Like, what do you mean I'm done? I yeah. the, after all these years, like, what do you mean I'm done? So. I think my problem was the cap. You know, I hit the number and then I said, okay, that was it. Mm. So I got rid of the channel. I sold my entire collection. That was it. Well, I mean, at least you probably recouped a lot of costs by selling the collection. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good. Because I mean, by the time you, from the time you started till now, a lot of stuff has gone up in value. Oh so. yeah, yeah. Well, back then, I probably I worked at Taco Bell, lived at home. I spent probably over ten grand on stuff, just buying things. Like I had the arcade machine. You know, I'd go raid Toys R Us aisles just to do like, hey, pick up videos and all this stuff. But it's like I like the editing process and just the video creation side of it too. Is it was fun, mm. you know? So, I. I often don't get a chance to just enjoy this stuff because yeah. it's like, oh, cool, you know, I, I bugged Mark and Corey and John to teach me new things in Premiere, but I have to get it done by the end of the week because I have three videos coming out. It's yeah. just like yeah. very often I don't get a chance to just sit there and be like, let me experiment with things. Yeah. So yeah. I got to try to take a deep breath sometimes and enjoy mm-hmm. it a little more. Yeah. yeah. So, 
So what's the plan? Um, you know, your, your business is obviously growing. You've reached out and done a lot more thumbnails and a lot of mm -hmm. editing stuff for other people because you do video editing as well, yes. right? Yes, yep. Um, what's, what's the next step in the future? Are you going to just expand that, add more services? Um, at, at this point, it's, it's kind of at a, a mark where I need to do something because I'm getting to a point where I'm not having time to live my life, you know? Like certain channels, that, like breaking news channels, for example, like they need thumbnails. I'm not in a, I just bought a house a couple months ago. Like I can't really just, hey, I'll, I'll do it later because then the, the opportunity's gone, you know? And it's like, I'm all about the grind. It's not the most healthy thing, but it's like, I just, I love what I do and I want to do it as much as I can. It's like, if it was 24 seven, I'd probably be okay with that. Awesome. Um, and it's like, but because of that, people ask for things and it's like, doesn't matter if it's 2 a.m. and I'm in bed or if I'm driving on the interstate. I was on my way to the airport and somebody messaged me like, hey, I need a thumbnail. This is like four days ago. I pull off on an exit and use my hotspot. I'm like, what do you want? Like, it's just- I think I've done that to you a few times. I don't so know. I don't, no, I don't think you have. But like, it's just one of those things like, I would rather do the thing and maybe suffer mentally for like 30 seconds to you know, hustle and get ready. But stuff like that, when people upload right now, it's like, you gotta do the thumbnail right now. I can't wait. But, um, you know, at that point, it's just, that's been my reputation, though, from the beginning of doing the thumbnails for other people, like Retro Ralph. I've done his mm. stuff. He was the beginning of the retro corner that I kind of yeah. uh, started working through. Um, his stuff has been for three years now. Like, we have a system, but not everybody has that same system with me. Yeah. So, like, everybody, in, you know, myself, we have, all have a different dynamic with how it works. So some people need the stuff right now. Ralph's like, hey, I need this thumbnail, but the video will go up in like a month. So it's like he can wait or whatever. But like my whole thing from working with him at the very beginning was, hey, you know, with my channel, it took like an hour to do a thumbnail. But now it's at a point where I've gotten the flow so optimized, I can get it done much faster now. Like keyboard shortcuts, I have like 30 just <laughs> sitting in my mind right now. And like I just got a stream deck, so everything is just a button. Awesome. And it's the best. And it's like I've gotten the flow optimized, so it's like that frees up time. But because of that, I'm working with um, uh, VGNY, mm -hmm. uh, Video Games New York, yeah. um, and they're a game dev or a publishing studio. So it's like, that's been really fun. Your tweet actually got them over uh, in contact with me back cool. in the day, so thank you for that. Well, it was your work that did it, Well, right? still, If like, your work it, sucked, I would never tweet it. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> no, it's just funny though how things work out like that, but uh, I'm still working with them. They're great. Um, but like, he has a lot on the plate, too. So it's like, obviously, like I have to prioritize where it needs to be. So yeah. my time management, I have a bad procrastination habit, but not a lot of people know that because I'm always like, boom, here's your thumbnail really quick. Yeah. But it's at a point, like I said now, where to answer your question, it's like, I don't have time to be that guy anymore. Like, I'm always working on something now, and it's hard to keep track of it all, mm. but I need a calendar or something. But so far, it's just all been in my head. Like, I know what I got to do right now. That's but good. like, it's, it's not going to be that way forever. It's... Eventually, I need to branch out somehow. I want to get in like trade show banners, things like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Extra merch that's not just YouTube thumbnails and that kind of thing. Because uh, most of the platforms that I do work with are just for YouTube. Yeah. Or like uh, social media, like Twitter, Facebook, whatever. But that's all digital. Like I like the idea of doing physical things like banners and, um, you know, tablecloth, whatever it is. Like people need like business cards, that kind of stuff. Like it's just all really fun to me in any way. I don't want to be the guy that can just do one thing. Because yeah. like, I like to get my hands dirty and that kind of stuff. Like, and you I like evolve with the time. Yeah, and, and it's like, like if people are like, hey, can you do this? And I'm like, it's just Photoshop and whatever other software. You know, I'm like, I'll figure it out. Yeah, what do you want? That's so funny because I forgot to message you to make us a banner for Retro oh, World Expo. Hey. And now we're here and now you said it. I'm like, we don't have a banner. Oh. I was supposed to contact you about that. <laughs> no, so, it's yeah, all good, man. Well, 
yeah, it's like stuff like that, but like it's really fun for me to, you know, tweak with it and figure out how it works. And then once it's there, it's there, you know. And then cool. I can just go with the flow with from that and just expand that way probably. Love it. But give it a year or two, I might have to start hiring people or a person at least. And then but I have this like standard for my stuff now. It's like I don't want to give that responsibility to somebody else. Yeah. Because like I don't trust people like that. I don't I don't want to like, hey, or, or maybe not even a trust issue, but you'd have to then train somebody your workflow, train them to think like you do yeah. because people are asking for a Mason thumbnail. Yeah. Like if you hired me, no one wants a Bob thumbnail, they want a Mason thumbnail. So it's like it's, it, is that going to end up taking more of your time? Is it going to be? I've thought so, about that. I really yeah. don't know. It's one of those things like it, whenever I will do everything I can until I physically cannot anymore mm. because, again, I just like the process. But like to be able to look back from like a little Mason on YouTube to like, hey, here's where things are at now. Like It's at a point now like I've done work for At Games through console kits. Mm. Um, he was working there and he got me on with his team and like I got into UI design there. So it's like anytime I have friends that still ask for stuff like that for their projects and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do it, you know? Nice. But like anything that's not YouTube, like I love the YouTube stuff, but like I also like other things too. And it's like not a lot of people know that side of what I can do. Yeah. Because um, it's like, you know, the world's full of opportunity. Just, well, whip up a website, put yeah. all your features on it, oh, and yeah. then start sharing yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. But. So how do you feel about the fact that you're sitting here and you know a couple hours from now I'm going to be asking you to do the thumbnail for this? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, I have a good picture of me somewhere I can grab. <laughs> like, it's one of those things like, you know, we talk like once every week or two probably for your interviews and stuff like that. Like every time you're like, hey, you got time for one? I'm like, absolutely, you're Bob. Like, I don't oh, care. Thanks, Again, I'll, I'll pull over. I'll, you know, whatever I need to do. Like, I got you. Very but cool. yeah, it's very cool just to be here and hanging out. And you know, we talked last night. You said you had a thumbnail. You needed to message me about. But you're like, oh, I'll see him in like an hour or whatever. Like, yeah, it's just really funny. But awesome. Yeah, I got you, man. Cool. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for all the work that you do. Yeah, of course, absolutely. I'm gonna have thank links you. to everything that you do, and, cool, and hopefully thank spread you. the word about your work. Oh, thanks, man. Cool. Take cool. care, man. Thank you. You too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, Justin? Good what's to up, see man? you, man. So uh, for anybody who didn't catch our interview, Justin is the only reason why there's a retro RGB still. You rebuilt the whole website for us and, and uh, dragged it out from the HTML-based crap that I had before hey, that. So. That was some magic of things that you did back in the day because you built out hundreds of pages for the website, which you didn't know was actually great for the Google crawler, which actually brought the community together. And I thought it was, that was difficult when we were doing a conversion from the old RGB to the new one, I was worried that we would lose that the amount of impressions that we Me could too. get on Google. You know, but we didn't. Everything kind of fell into place. So it worked out pretty good. That was a fun project. That also kicked off the big collaboration from a lot of authors, which I thought was really really cool. So that yeah. made it where we could bring in a lot more people to the site. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that made me really happy to see because a lot of those people we've been working with for a long time, mm -hmm. and now we get to put them a little more front and center to show everybody who's some of the behind the scenes contributors. So. That's good stuff. I That's like right. That. So, where do you think? Now, I'm going to reverse interview if you want. Sweet. Where do you think retro RGB is going to go from here? Because I would like to know, as a software developer that's trying to help out on the site, like what mm. could we do to make it? So, the next step 
short term is that since everything, all of the guides were migrated over to the wiki, Durf did an amazing job on that. Um, it is now up to me to go through and reroute those guides. And I think I'm going I'm to do a combination. Some of them are going to just go direct to there. Others are going to go like SNES RGB mini mod is probably going to go get relinked back to the main SNES page. And then I'm going to redo every one of those and have it like, you know, Bob's favorite cables, links to, you know, the wiki and kind of make it more more user friendly yeah. so that people could come in who's never done anything retro gaming before and know where to go. Or you could go, hey, I need the schematic of what capacitor to use on C4 on a revision one motherboard. And you know, you could click and know where to get that info too. Yeah. And that's short term. I'm trying to get that done within a year. You know, by the end of the year, I hope, but who knows. And, uh, and I have no idea what's coming after that. But. It's super important. Like That's what I've always loved about the site. Like when I was, when I, when, before I started helping out, like I wanted to use it as a place, like if I'm literally doing the mod, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there at a desk with a soldering iron right there, and I need a reference. Like I can't keep this all in my head. Like how do I mod you know, this or that? Yeah. And, and one of the, the pain points that I had was I would have my phone, right? And so the original website was like hard to use on a phone, right? Yeah. But it's also good, like you were saying, where like a new person who just enters the scene and like discovers that there's better ways to have higher quality video output on your video game consoles. If you show them all those like deep things on the website that they're not ready for yet, like they may they may bounce out, right? Exactly. Leave. Yeah. So it's good that you're thinking about. And you're, you have that page that's always like getting started. You're thinking about that, like, how do we yeah. get them into the... I got to make a conscious effort to, like, every six months check that. Because little tiny things change, and of course, with the part shortage. Like, oh, just buy this one thing and you're done. That's been out of stock for a year. What are you talking about? So I got to make sure to keep that. But I like that page. I, I, I hope that's the gateway drug for people, if you will. Right. But. The other thing I was thinking about that we worked together on a lot, we, when we were converting it over, we were debating whether or not the site was going to be a wiki or it's going to be a blog. And I remember we were both hesitant around this whole, OK, what's going to be that home page? Yeah. Is the home page getting started, or is the home page blog? And I think we were both hesitant to be like, maybe it should be the blog, or maybe hmm. it should be get started at the top, and then it's a blog. But where we landed was, it is a news, it's a place where you can like find the news, right? Like yeah. this week, this is what's going on. It's funny, now that you say that though, Mason did a new logo for us like a year and a half ago. And mm -hmm. I said, all right, well, when, when we finish migrating to the wiki, well, let's switch over to this logo and this will be Retro RGB 4.0. Maybe that's it. Maybe we change the front page to still have news and not be crowded like all the modern blogs. I hate those. Like you click on any of the, I use RSS readers now because they're just right. too messy. But maybe we make it so that it's blatant news in the middle, but it's a little easier to see on your phone or on a browser, like getting started, interviews, like make it a little bit more so people don't just think it's a blog who are just discovering it, but at the same time, you know, not so overloaded that it's like, what am I even looking at here? You That's know? right. I think I've said that to other people where if you come to the site and just look at that first page, you don't actually know how deep RetroRGB is. <laughs> I didn't even know, right? Like when I was... Uh, doing the conversion, I was, and this was years ago, right? I was like, oh, I have to convert 200 pages over into a database, right? So I had to write a script that could parse all that out and went through it, you know, several times. That was like four years ago. 
Right. Right. Now you got multiple yeah. authors, so the database is actually really big. So you don't know how deep that blog actually goes, or, yeah. or all the tutorials. But uh, it, it's a it's a rich website with a lot of contribution from a lot of different people, a yeah. lot of knowledge that. And you've always said this, and I think this is so true for your site. It's it's two things, right? There's information that's coming in that's telling you, here's some news that's happening this week, and that news could be only relevant for that time period. Then there's facts that won't change. It's like, right. this is how a Nintendo works. Yes. Right? This is the schematics. If you want to do a mod, this is different mods that you can do. And so you always said, like, how are we going to take this information that's coming in in this kind of RSS feed blog format mm-hmm. and then make that more permanent later? And that's actually been our struggle. It's like, it still is, yeah. Yeah, it time. still is. But it's true. RetroRGB is two things, right? It's this informational fact about how hardware works or different mods that you can do to that hardware. And that should be written in such a way where it's just like anyone can consume it. Mm. It's no opinion. It's just like this is how it works. And then, hey, here's some news and maybe there's some opinions there. Mm. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, I, I try to always format my posts. I mean, anybody's welcome to format their posts the way they want. But for me, it's always the facts the links, because it kind of drives me nuts when modern blogs bury the links because they want you to scroll through all their ads. Like, I don't pull that shit. Links, ads, and then my thoughts underneath. And very often the thoughts are mostly facts anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if I have something to say, that's where I stick it, not, not right up at the top. And I, I like that format. It's not, it's a failed format. You know, it's the format where you have to scroll by ads is how to make money. But I don't think that's... I don't think that's, I think that's like offensive to the people that have been supporting retro RGB forever. So I try to keep it good. And all the writers, even the ones that have completely different formats, none of them are like affiliate link overloads and none of them are ad overloads. They all have their own style, but it's about presenting content the way they want, not about how can I get enough people to click on my affiliate links. So I I like that. We've got a good crew. Right. I love that as well. We, uh, an important thing that you wanted is you wanted to create a platform for contributors to mm. really you can write your articles and I remember we spent time on it we're like how are we going to make it where everyone knows like hey this is a post by break command right yeah. or this this is a post by so-and-so right and you can click on their link and then go see all of their posts even to the point where we're like what if someone's only interested in one person's opinion on the site like they could like click on their link and just like yes. update and do that or Maybe there are YouTube content creators. Like maybe that's how they get discovered by many people as they come to RetroRGB. They read this awesome article and it's like, oh, here's a video that you can watch that would take them to their content. And you always embrace that. I always thought that was really good because yeah. I don't see that a lot, you know? Well, the last thing that you added was a, it, started, it started with the negativity, which is unfortunately what happens so often. But I think it was Linktree banned me. And I emailed them, and I was like, what on earth could you possibly have banned me for? I don't say anything controversial. We talk about video games. And it took, like, two days, and they get back to me, and they're like, "Uh, we're sorry, it was a mistake. I'm like, so what if I was relying on this? So then when you added that stuff and you changed it, so our profile could essentially be whatever we want it to be. So I I have it basically set up like a prettier link tree. Mm -hmm. And... And then, of course, all the RetroRGB.link stuff that you hooked up. So yeah. now any one of the writers, if they wanted to, you could be RetroRGB.link forward slash Justin mm-hmm. if you wanted to. And right. you never have to worry about getting banned because some algorithm you know, said that the video game post that you wrote is, you know, is offensive or something. So it's, right. um, I, I like that. That was cool. I, thought, I, hope, I hope more of the writers take advantage of that, even if it's just for like 
a link tree you could trust as opposed to right. that. So I think that was great. Thank you for that. Yeah, the one thing that we haven't solved that I think would be fun is we wanted to figure out a way to make it where someone could subscribe on another platform like Twitter mm. and like, like how are we going to solve that? Like, do you create another account that's like Retro RGB News, and then yeah. everyone who posts on Retro RGB would automatically link out? Because we did spend time making it where if someone does post on Twitter or Facebook, it has that picture, you yeah. know, and it's nice description there. So that is the same struggle that I've had for four years when I first talked to you about it. Is I would love to take all of my social media accounts and just make them retweet bots for right. the site. I'd love to clear out everything else, but. The reality is, then how am I going to pay my bills? So it's like, I got to find a happy medium in this and figure it out. So I don't know. We'll figure that out as we go, I guess. It's a struggle because you said, you've said this many years. It's like, I'm not retro RGB. Like, the community is retro RGB, except for you kind of, people that have been following you for a while, like, literally call you retro RGB. So how do you yeah. separate the Bob from the retro RGB? I think for a while you were like, I'm RGB Bob or... No, I, I, I'm pretty sure I always kept it separate, but the bigger struggle for me was like, how do I, how do I continue to run this while making contributors feel like they're not making content to pay my bills? And I think that whole like encouragement for everybody to use their own affiliate links isn't the best answer, but at least it's a it's gesture something. enough where people know that I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. So hopefully we can figure out better ways to promote other people, but at the very least, you know, the action speak louder than words type of thing so that's pretty cool so i was thinking we're it's 2022 we're halfway through the year what has been your highlight i'm going to put you on the spot here okay. your highlights of retrorgb.com perhaps by product or contribution or things that you just really enjoyed from this community this but that's too cheesy of an answer because <laughs> we're here so um uh, oh geez i think it was i think it was watching arturo Sabin finally finally get through to people about latency and because he went through the same exact struggles that I went through if people are just like lag doesn't matter you're just trying to promote your thing you're just and or it's that that weird caveman thing people do where it's like if I show you a better way of doing something you interpret that as insulting the way you yes. do things which is not at all what art was doing and watching him finally break through. I was just like, I gave him the biggest hug the other day. I was like, we, we're finally doing it. Over years of getting trashed from people, we're finally getting through. So right. yeah, my favorite retro, because you know, art is art, but I still, he is, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't, I wouldn't have made it to the point where I met you. So right. I, I consider him a contributor and a part of it. So while it's technically not a retro RGB thing, that for me was the biggest this year. I'm like, That's yeah, cool. go art. So. so I was thinking, throughout the years with RetroRGB, I've been following you for a while, been part of the community in large, you know. It seems like there's this thing that changes over time where it's, it's let me explain it this way. It started out with LCD panels are horrible, <laughs> right? Like, oh my God, they introduce all this lag. What you need to do is use a CRT and there's no better way. Mm -hmm, and, then mm -hmm. I, and I think My Life in Gaming actually did a pretty good job. There was, there was a really good, I think it was episode one of Analog Frontiers where there was this speech at the end almost it was like however you want a game actually is the right answer right yes. it's like you may remember retro gaming different hey if you want to play with an rf on a crt like an rf is yeah. shoot, that's fine that's fine but you should at least know like yes. there's other options out there and then pick the one that is enjoyable for you what would you say I, and i've seen you as well like over the time kind of shift your opinion about like lag or you know, it used to be like, 
uh, if there's a, a, a single frame of lag, then it's, it's trash, right? Yeah. But now it's like a little bit more like, how do you think that's changed? So the biggest part of lag has been trying to find ways to explain to people what you see and feel. And that's on me for not taking a long time to figure it out. But the, the shortest way I could say it is if you take a crappy, laggy LCD panel with tons of motion blur, you're going to feel a frame of lag. Yeah. Like, but if you have a beautiful OLED, and, you know, that's, or, or even a CRT, an HD CRT with two frames of lag, or a plasma with two frames of lag, if there's no motion blur and it's consistent latency, it doesn't feel the same. So <clears throat> trying to explain to people why, you know, those garbage emulation in a box solutions that range between three and seven frames of lag, that's bad. Yeah. But why, you know, the retro tra RetroTink 5X in triple buffer mode is just over a frame, but it kind of feels close to zero in mode, unless you're using a laggy, crappy LCD. And Blurbusters has helped a lot with that. I'm a big fan of theirs. And their, their little um, things that they show on their website is a good visualization. But my opinions on lag have always kind of been the same. And my opinions on like using RF on a CRT is great. It's how I explain them is, is what's really been evolving. Artemio was a big part of that, um, helping me. Uh, I don't even think he realized he did it, but he absolutely helped me in the CRT side of things and helping me choose my words and that like, you know, composite sucks on a really fancy scaler on a bad LCD. Yes. Composite's beautiful on a CRT. That's right. So, Trying to pick my wordings for these things has definitely been, a, I would say, a harder struggle than doing the actual research because it's really easy. Like when Art the other day sat me down in front of a 390 hertz setup, like you press the button five times and you're like, I get it. I've seen the future. Try explaining that to people. Well, does it look like a CRT? No. Well, does it look sharper? No. Well, why does it matter? And it's, that's trying to explain it is the hard part. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. This year also with the RetroTink 5X that you brought up, it's just been amazing. Like that product is an interesting one because the way I saw it, I was sold when it first came out. Mm. Firmware one, the demonstrations of what it could do day one. Sounds good. Here's my money. Take, take it, right? Yeah. And then he just keeps on coming out with firmware updates that are like, well, you can do that now? Oh, wait, yeah. this now or this now? It's questions of whether or not it should be called the 5X anymore, right? Yeah, he could have, if he wanted to, just sold of the same batch and the Good same it. hardware for about a year, and then called it the RetroTink 6X, and right. he just gave it for free. Here you go, here's all of my other work, just take it. So I, I think that's really commendable, I love that shit. So one thing I haven't tried is the new, what is it? HDR mode? The HDR mode is yeah. blowing me away. Like, yeah. when I read that article, I was like, you can do that? I guess that makes sense. How are they doing that? I'm looking into this, where they're talking about they're tricking the HDMI to do it, and then you leverage that. Yeah. People are like, ah, we're basically got so much dynamic contrast that you can simulate a CRT. Blowing me away. That's a great one. I, I, I haven't experienced it yet, but I heard you talk about it and how great it was. That's, yeah. I want to see where that's going to go. Me too. I kind of have opinions on that, but I want to wait till I can demo it all in a way where I, like, I'm just very excited about it. I'll just right. leave it at that. This is the thing that I have noticed. You've said before that I've, I've witnessed multiple times, and that is someone saying, they're like, oh, you know, you're, you're talking to someone that you're meeting, and you're like, what, do you, what are your hobbies? And you talk about, you know, uh, retro gaming. And the guy's like, yeah, you know, I, I, I got my old Nintendo out, you know, and I plugged it into my TV. And, and one person will be like, yeah, I, I had to sell it because it doesn't work. You know, they're like plugged in through AV cables on their LCD TV, and like it just didn't work. 
Yeah. There's that. And then there's, uh, oh, it just looks like crap. Yes. And then they actually say that, I guess it always was crappy. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? It was always crappy. No, it wasn't. It's, it's crappy now that you're plugging into a TV that doesn't understand the signal and it's stretching it. And then I have this one Samsung TV that I, that I love, except uh, when I plug in retro gaming to it, it, it has that motion blur. I cannot turn it off. So you play Sonic, you play Mario, and literally while they're running, there's like this trail almost of... It's like, yeah. it's nowhere in the settings to turn that feature off, but that's how some people are actually experiencing retro gaming. And it, th that's upsetting because a lot of people don't see the dominoes fall, and that's my, my years of being in tech, right? Your, your goal is to always find everything that can go wrong. So you, as you get older, you start to see this, but that person probably would have loved that game, which means they would have subscribed to your channel, bought your product, gone to your event. Everybody loses. They lose fun and entertainment. A lot of other people lose money in business, all because they didn't get the right information. Uh, some YouTuber was paid to promote some junk, and you know it's just so it bugs me because I see everybody lose, especially the person who used to love that game that still totally could. Right. Yeah. One thing that I'm trying to do is try to experience retro gaming in different formats. Because for mm. a long time I've been like, there's only one way. This is how to do it. It's a CRT, or if you're doing an LCD, you know, retro 5x, you know, all, all these different ways. So recently I got those really cheap Ambernick handhelds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, normally I would be like, uh, you know, it's horrible, but then I'm like, eh, it's got an IPS screen on it, it's actually pretty good. It comes kind of with loaded with all these games. But I can tell you that I started playing with it and I learned something and I, and I reflected and I realized, ah, you're learning something. Hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. And it was the size of that LCD is not four by three, but in RetroArch it has some options for like this, I don't know what mode they call it. You basically zoom in, right? It's gonna crop some of the order. So I was playing some uh, Mega Man. I was like, this isn't horrible. Like Mega Man is a type of game where there's not really any information at the bottom and top. Yeah, so it's the same theory as running in 1080p 5x. You just zoom and crop it. It's exactly then, what's yeah. happening, and it's like there's these tiny little borders on the side, and the only thing is like your your strength. You can't really tell between you know 100 and 90 percent. That that part is actually chopped off. So it's not perfect, but I can say I played through a couple levels, and I was like, it's not that bad, and so. I'm certain to appreciate, like, hey, it's okay to kind of, like, you know, venture out and try things you normally wouldn't have done. Yeah. Yeah, stuff, I mean, I mean stuff like that, it's getting more mainstream that people understand, like, this is an emulation box. Yeah. It's not original hardware, but mm -hmm. it's still really fun. So if I think anybody that's done the slightest bit of research would realize, like, oh, maybe the game's glitching on this thing, maybe, but I love it, let me go get the original. Whereas those crappy cables that you plug into your original console you really feel like this should be the experience. So that's why, uh, you know, it, it's good to branch out and it's good to get the info out. Have you done a video on that yet? I haven't done a video. There's a lot of like content that, like where, you know, I, I get the product, I play with it, I form an opinion, I talk about it on my podcast, but I don't like make a dedicated video. It's kind of like just interweaved into my normal chat, but I've been thinking about it more. There was a video I did on a, uh, this company sent me this, this product from China that like is loaded with a ton of games and and you know I did a review video on it and I it was it was kind of fun to to do the review on it it's tough right because it's one of those things where okay the product comes it's one of those that has like 90,000 games on it yeah 
and it's like, it's not curated in any way that makes any All sense. All stolen IP anyway. 100%, yeah. right? And then, but there's a handful of people that are like getting into the scene, you know, retro gaming, and like, is that gonna be the, it's probably a product you're gonna put in the drawer, right? Yeah. But is it okay to buy a product and put it in the drawer if that's the product that was like you buy it and go, okay, that was fun. Now I want to get into the new thing. Because yeah. would you buy the second thing ever? Do you need? As long as you understand that one is the other, I right. think that's awesome. I love that stuff. Virtual consoles, the same way. If it wasn't for the virtual console, I wouldn't have gotten back into that right. those kind of games. So, but you know, it, it's all about the environment. I think you, those are the things that are the gateway drug, as opposed to the the things that polarize and push push people away. So. Right. So what I've been trying to do, and I'm not perfect at it, but is if I do cover that, I make it very clear. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, this has 90,000 games on it. Half of them are duplicates. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, it's at least inform on what you're getting. Now, if you want to get it, that's, that's your thing, right? And um, I leave it at that. Um, but, but more recently, you know, th that actually... But you that would never get on camera and be like, this is the greatest way to play games. Click on my affiliate link, subscribe. No. Yeah, like, it's like, not this you is at another all. way. Like, yeah, here's yeah. another way to do it. Here's how it's going to look. You know, yeah, it's, but so that's awesome. There's a whole other side of that. Like, that company uh, reached out and they're like, um, hey, we want to send you another product. I'm like, sounds good. And it was like a different agent. And so they, they sent me this other product and they're like, we want you to cover this console. And I thought, hey, I can cover this because I'll talk to the technology. I don't even really like the idea of making a YouTube video that is encouraging people to buy something that has ROMs preloaded on it. Agreed. So, but I did make the video and I was like, I'm gonna focus on the technology and the spec and be like, oh, it comes with ROMs, but, but here you go. It's, I'm gonna talk about the specs on the unit like, and compare that to other Android-based devices and, and what you can expect. And then I was like, so I was already kind of breaking my own rules on that, and I felt a little uncomfortable with it, but I was like, maybe this angle, and I justified it to myself to go ahead and do it. So they're like, we want to send you another one. I'm like, okay, send me another one. Let me, I'm focusing on how I make content, whatever. But they sent me a hard drive, just a hard drive. And I was like, hey, man, um, you're supposed to send me another Android-based console. I got this hard drive, and I'm uncomfortable with making a video that is a hard drive. Because and they're like, no, 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 it's not a hard drive. It's a console. You plug it into your computer, and when you boot up, boom, there's your video games. It's like, you're selling ROMs only. It's oh. a hard drive. Oh, what pieces of shit. Yeah, and I'm like, if you want to send me the Android device, I'll review it, right? I'll focus on the spec, right? I'll, I'll do that. And they're like, well, why don't you go ahead and review the hard drive first? Yeah. And then we'll send you the Android. I'm like, no, we're done. We're yeah, done. Good call. It was, it was fun working with you, but... And then I talked to some of my friends, and they're like, exact same story. They're like, same company, reached out. They said, no, I don't want to review a hard drive that comes preloaded with ROMs. You're basically selling ROMs. And yeah. they sent it to them anyway. And There's like, a lot Sorry. of dirtbags in the scene. There's more good than bad, but... I won't say who, but the, the <laughs> creeper going around with a fake name is the one that, like... That's the one that really, like... Totally gives me the creeps, and I don't mean fake name like Justin Console Kits. I mean like yeah, like that, that that one's the weirdest one. But whatever, it's more good than bad. Yeah, that was tough, and it, it it was weird. Some of those emails like felt very pressuring, right? And for a moment, for a moment, I was like, like even thinking about making that hard drive video, mm -hmm. I was like, well, okay. And then and then I talked to my wife, and she's like, no, <laughs> no, yeah. remember. And, and I love this. Um, 
there's a, the few content creators out there that are like, you should write down, you know, exactly kind of like your own personal policies and then like review them and remember, like, are you, you know, adhering? Yeah. Cause you can easily slip and kind of like, what am I doing now? I don't know. I feel like you got a pretty good moral compass for this stuff. So, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. You make good content. So, and you know, you stopped yourself before you made the hard drive video. So you're obviously doing it right. But yeah. Cool. Well, it's been fun. Yeah. So what's next for you? Just continuing doing your thing, putting out your videos, having some fun? Yeah, of course, my channel is currently like focused a lot on Arcade 1UP. I feel like there's a community of people out there that really appreciate like what I do. And, and your take on Arcade 1UP, your right. honest take that really helps people, not the, this is the greatest arcade machine ever. No. Like, no, you're honest. I will say, take. like, this is what I keep on saying, like, especially since I obviously have a big love for retro gaming. It's like their first gen, like, I keep on thinking, like, My Life in Gaming did a video back in the day, I think it was members only, like, Final Fight. And I was like, why are they, obviously, Final Fight is a great, great system, but that particular model, that particular model, they ruined it. Like, you know, it's up, it's scaling is bad, you yeah. know, they're shimmering. And it, if you look at the hardware, it was like, they're outputting 640 by 480, going to a scaler that's then going to five by four. And it's like all of these reasons why it's shimmering, right? And I talked to the company and I showed them, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, right? And so that's what I've been doing behind the scenes for years. And it's like now, two gigahertz processor quad core, 1260, uh, 1280 by 960p output directly to LVDS. And that's me banging on them. And the recent awesome. one is they switched to TN monitors with uh, a fluorescent bulb only on the left side. I'm like, no, IPS or nothing. IPS or nothing. You know, yeah. I literally made videos that are like, this is the worst monitor I've ever seen. And it's true. <laughs> Objectively, it is the worst monitor. And they recently said, like, all, going forward, everything's going to be IPS. Good. And it's like four by three when they can. They're 19 inch, they can't acquire a four by three. And that was me pushing them too. It's like, no, I don't even want you guys to do five by four. Do four by three. Like all, most of these arcades were four by three. And the only exception was there's literally no 19 inch on the market that's in their price range that's four by three. Yeah, and part shortage is really making that too because all the little niche things, people are like, well, why am I gonna make 10,000 of these when I can make 100,000 of these? So forget it, here's the thing, so. But yeah, thank you for fighting the good fight on that one. That's uh, it's made a difference, obviously. Yeah, so I'm going to continue to uh, you know focus in that area, and then you know hanging out with you guys. It's like I'm always like, how can I improve my production quality? So there's only so far I can do when covering Arcade One Up content. So I'm probably gonna you know I've done a couple of mis uh, Mister videos that did pretty well. So there's always other other content that I enjoy making, so I'm gonna to try to dive into that more, but mainly to focus on like, can I use these other content to reach different people and then also improve my production quality. It's always fun awesome. to grow and learn. Well, thank you, for, thank you for what you do, it's much appreciated. Thanks for coming, it's great to see you in person yep. again. So uh, yeah, awesome, I'll obviously link to all of your stuff as well, but good to see you again, dude. Yeah, thanks man. Hell yeah. Mark. Bob. All right, fine. Ryan, what's How up, you man? Doing? Good to see you. Good Glad to see thank you. you for making the trip here. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, pretty far one for you, right? First time to the East Coast, actually. Really? Yeah. After all these years, the band you were in, you never made it to the East Coast? No, furthest, uh, it's like Milwaukee, or, or last time when we went to, um, was it, where was it? Kentucky. Kentucky, at the, yeah. the Kentucky-Ohio border, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't call that East Coast, though. 
That's no, that's just as far east. Yeah. Oh, as yeah. I mean. oh, good point. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, well, glad you made it. You got your yeah. Rondo product shirt. That's pretty yeah. cool. So, yeah. uh, so I, you know, we did the interview kind of recently. So I just wanted to check in what's new, what's been going on. Yeah. Everybody's asking for the 68 X boards. I keep telling yeah. them FPGAs are the hardest thing to get. They'll come eventually, but. The, um, the 68X board actually just checked in on that yesterday while I was stuck at the airport. So that is in like final production, should be shipping um, to us next week, hopefully. Um, the samples came in, tested those, we made one change, and then uh, that change has been verified and now they're in final. So as yeah. soon as they're done, um, it'll be nice to get those out to people because the uh, prep side, um, once I get them, is, is pretty quick. So we'll be able to crank those out in just a couple of days, but. Yeah, I don't think people really realize, like, the finished product had to be redesigned a couple of times based on the part shortage, based on production, at, based on, At least know. three or four times. Um, but also not, not all of them just for that. Sometimes it was because um, there was a way to make something better and something was stalled out for another reason anyway. You know, so I would say um, the end product is better than what we talked about initially when it was announced. Yeah. Um, would be nice if it was already in people's hands all the same, but uh, at least if you're given a little extra time, you can use it to make something better. I mean, if this was 2019, I'd be busting your chops about it. Now I'm just oh. so happy that we're able to get anything made ever. If, so. if this was 2019, that would have been announced and take eight to 10 weeks to get it in okay. my hands. Yeah. Um, but nowadays, uh, you know, and that one, initially everything was in stock when I ordered it. Mm -hmm. So I paid for it, paid for everything, got got it all ordered and then as the um so it's kind of like in your um pcb is a pcb way the, the <laughs> jlc jlc PCB, pcb yeah. um videos they they like do that same thing where they like order all those parts mm -hmm. and um in a matter of like a day or two i think four or five different parts went out of stock on their end then i had to source them i had to buy parts from um resellers who were taking a pretty unfair markup yes. hope that they actually don't ship me like a box of bolts or something yeah um that's you actually know, a thing. have a bunch of sleepless <laughs> nights until those show up they showed up they were fine um and uh then just like start putting um things together in just a totally different order of operations than uh than it would have been done before normally something like this would have been like um yeah, probably closer to the temp because like we would have just ordered them and had them ship us some samples, verified them, say good to go, and then um, hmm. get them in hand. But it's just not how it works anymore. I know. So, yeah, that's uh, it's depressing, but I, I think we're just starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Not like it's just a pin in the distance, but I think we're getting towards it finally. I think. I think um, we're, we're starting to see where um, some of the surprising things that were out of stock are starting to be more readily available. Um, just different like capacitors, resistors, connectors, things like that. Um, but I also think that in the, in the meantime, we've all gotten creative and figured out some workarounds and in some cases, some better ways of doing things. And, um, you know, 
I don't know. It's it's like we've kind of um, adapted, I guess, is probably the best way. Um, but some, there are still some things that just aren't going to be available for a while. So yeah. Well, well what see. about other Rondo products that are going to be available? You got anything coming up um, uh, in the sooner side? Sooner side um, it would be like uh, PCBs for flashing games. That's probably the next thing. Uh, so we're working on a few things right now. Um, the, the first thing will be like different 240p test suite cartridges nice. and um, options for people on various consoles where th they don't exist now currently. Um, you know, outside of like loading up like a ROM cart. Right, you know, right. But having like a dedicated, um, and then that is also going to be and serve as to like to show like, hey, this is what our carts look like. This is how they're built. Um, appeal to people who are doing small runs of games or even larger runs of games that they need a manufacturing side and, and uh, production side for. So for Rondo, I think it's going to be the publishing side that's going to be picking up steam the most. Nice. Um, the, um, the DC power supply like the, with the triads and things like that is pretty fleshed out. Um, Good. Although, those have been really handy. Those yeah, those, really are, handy. those are really handy, although we're looking at some for um, some like Gen 2 stuff like uh, Atari consoles and things like that that use different connectors than are currently supported. So that'll grow a little bit, but that one's pretty well fleshed out. Um, awesome. Yeah. So, so everything else on the, you know, so the Rondo side, for anybody that didn't happen to see the other interview, the Rondo products is kind of your other company that are, um, you're making your own products or you're, you're licensing people, like actually licensing people's products, not cloning it like you mm -hmm. know, our certain friend overseas. Yeah, and yeah. then Castlemania is just the store that everybody knows that sells things, including Rondo products. But right. other people could sell Rondo products as well. So. And anyone can um, register for an account. Uh, I mean, it, the website is like locked down, so you can like kind of scroll around and look at things, but you don't see any pricing. It just has a login for pricing. But anyone can register for um, like a wholesale account, whether they're buying for their store or if they're buying for like they're a modder and they want to stock up and get a bulk rate on 10 of these kits because they sell pre-modded consoles. That's really handy. Um, so it's it's for, for those kind of avenues. Um, and then, uh, what was I going to say? So, so yeah, that one... Um, that that's kind of the way that that was conceived and kind of oh what I wanted to say was um, the other part of it and kind of the intent behind it was um, there are a lot of people who um, like making things but they don't want to manage the business side of customer service and yeah. having things built and even designing like packaging or it's like oh man I, you know I'd like this to feel like a little bit more of a finished product or be available in different. Um, stores or even just my store um, and so that it's supposed to be like the the kind of the, like the bridge between the maker the designer the builder of this product and the distrib you know like the um, it's like the wholesale step in between any retailer yeah. um, I keep trying you know for years now I've always told people like Maybe you should reach out to somebody that has experience in this. And it's always the same. It's always people listen, but they're like, well, I'm just going to try it myself. Doesn't seem doesn't seem that hard. And then by the time they're done with it, they're like, what did I get myself into? I should have just gone to somebody it, it else comes, in the first place. It comes down to like, you can 
anyone can like open up a store, you know, yeah. and start selling things and they should if that's what they want to do. But you quickly find yourself doing more of that and less of the, now your backlog of the things you were working on aren't getting touched, you know? Yeah. So if, if you find yourself spending more time doing the secondary thing and now all of your, your production side and your design side is taking, you know, paying the price for that, then you just have to decide, is my time better uh, spent building and making things or is it better spent supporting the things that I've made and trying to get those going? Exactly. Um, you know, some people can do both uh, and that's awesome. But I think what I'm hearing from a lot of people that like I work with and, um, you know, people that we've talked to is that they're realizing that that's the case. Hey, maybe it'd be better if I just focused on making these things and then let someone else run with it. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Um, how about the, the team? Um, have you continued to expand? Is your core group um, kind of just holding down the fort there, for you? Um, so I don't 100% remember where we were at at the time, but we Did have- you hired two people? Two people. So okay. we have, um, basically we have a full-time customer service person and uh, Danielle, and she answers the phones. So if you call, that's who you're talking to. And then she answers the emails. So, uh, anything where like it comes through on a DM or something like that, I'm still kind of handling those. I just have to set up accounts and things for her to log into. Um, and then we've got basically the one full-time person in shipping, but also another person that um, he can't work full time, but he works like two days a week. So mm. he comes in to like help us catch up on things, particularly when, so he knows how to assemble G comp switches. We've got uh, the largest order I've ever had of those coming in. They're already all sold. Um, but yeah. that that's going to take, even with like all of us working on it, it's going to take three plus four weeks maybe to assemble it. and ship them all. Um, so... Whereas if I was just doing that by myself, that would just, I, you know, I mean, that's like, yeah. could, if that takes that long for a couple of people to do it, you know, so I guess it would take twice as long, but, um, that's been a tremendous help. And then when we get basically large, um, pre-order shipments come in, uh, it's been a big help to have somebody that is part-time to be able to just come in and like carry that just load. Just very you know? simple, taking stuff out of the bulk shipment box matching it to people's orders, putting the label, repacking yeah. it. That's so well, time consuming. And uh, the, so like when we get um, larger like shipments of like retrobit games, like the Gaiares and stuff like that, um, those we run through an actual machine to mm -hmm. package. And it takes two people minimum to run that. But if you're just doing that, that means you're just doing that. So like it's good to have him and Lisa like doing that and then I can still do the actual daily new business, uh, which was always a balancing act before where it's like, hey, we got this large shipment in, everyone's excited about it, got to get these orders out as fast as we can, but you still have regular stuff coming in every day and those, those yeah. people's orders are just as important. So uh, having that, that third person in the shop, especially on those large shipments has been a huge help to kind of just keep up with things, so. Good, um, glad to hear it. Yeah, right now, um, that that's been an awesome help oh and and then it helps me free up to like um when we get things where i have to program and test things um that's not coming now at the cost of shipping time so 
Awesome. So it's, yeah, it's been a big help. Um, I think this is probably the crew for now. Um, you know, and, you know, we'll see how things change. But for right now, that that's working out pretty good for us. Very cool. And what yeah. about in the short term? Anything coming up? Any pre-orders? Any new products? I know um, we're kind of in a weird the, spot. But. Yeah. So, um, and that's the thing. It's where I was talking about adapting. Like, people are just going after a little bit different things right now. So, like, on the Rondo side, I'm, I'm going to start pushing heavily the publishing element of that. Because there's nothing stopping that, parts-wise. Can, can get that going. Um, on, on that specifically, actually, too, I was just talking about this inside. Um, some people want to, I'm going to be adding this to the Rondo site, um, just a manufacturing-only element of the publishing. So it's like if you're, um, if you're starting your own studio and you made an indie game for Super Nintendo game, and, but you want it to be published by your, we'll, we'll just manufacture that. So we'll have the... Um, uh, so it's like published by, manufactured by kind of thing. I like that. And then that way it gives people um, the ability to like build their brand but not have to figure out how to make sure that they're building things correctly yeah. um, and, and just take the load off there back to the kind of the idea of what do you want to spend your time doing, you know? So uh, if you're making games, you should spend your time making games and let somebody else manufacture them We'll yeah. put your logo on the box and do all that stuff. Um, but yeah, that's that's the kind of idea there. Um, as far as other items, um, we have uh, different controllers that we're working with Retrobit and Retrofighters on. So they have the Big Six controller, which is a pretty interesting one. Um, seems like a lot more people are interested in that than I think Retrobit expected. Because uh, it's been quite weird. popular. Retrobit needs to just start listening to people. Because well, there's been so many times yeah. where they're like, oh, but we didn't even know people wanted that. Well, well did you ask? Yeah. Because we could all hold you. <laughs> yeah, I think they demoed it, you know, at like uh, PRGE and some of the um, like SoCal mm -hmm. retro. And, you know, they definitely got that positive feedback. Um, but it's performing pretty well So cool. on the pre-sale side. So I think they're pretty happy with that. And then Retro Fighters is actually bringing back they're wired it's so funny people like want wireless and then they move everything over to wireless and then people start asking for wired again which is just it's an because interesting... people love the idea of wireless until they realize the amount of latency it adds which yeah. depending on how it's built and depending on your games it could not matter or it could matter very much so the yeah. more it's because more information is getting out there so yeah. that people are, are starting to see where is the right time to have an extension cable and when's the right time to go wireless. I think I truly think that's it. And I it. think I think part of it too, at least for me, mm -hmm. um, is the whole idea of like um, how how what what is the time from the time you decide you want to play a game to you're actually playing it, where you're like pulling out all this stuff, figuring out where did that adapter go, where did this go, and yeah. so if you can just literally walk in, plug in. And hit power and, and you're playing whatever that's just it's like less to worry about which sounds dumb until you pull open that controller drawer and you yes. know despite your efforts you know i was telling um corey just now about like you know when i was going to play the uh the nes or the nt you know mm -hmm. i'd have all these like 8-bit dough uh or 8-bit do 2.4 gigahertz receivers but they match very specifically to whichever one you paired them to uh -huh. so i'm putting color dots on things and idea. like doing that 
and uh, it's just it's like that kind of issue um, across the so people just seem to be going back to wired so they're doing um, a wired controller again but they're adding in they changed the the way the buttons were um, like on the shoulder buttons so that mm. they felt more accurate to the original so they're bringing in some of their version two or version three kind of features back to the original version one wired. So we'll see how that's going to do. Um, and hopefully they're listening to feedback because a lot of the reviews that came out pointed out specific things that definitely had room for improvement, reasonable yeah. things for improvement. Well, that's where I give them credit. They've at great cost to themselves gone back and fixed things every mm. single time. Like when they go to, um, reproduce a controller. The N64 one um, like infamously had a, um, a design flaw with the L button, you know, and they went back, they replaced every single one That's for awesome. customers and they went back and fixed it and made a new one. So they do. They're one of, they're one of the good guys out there that actually listens to what everyone's saying and doesn't, um, you know, kind of, they make it right. So, yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good feedback about them too over the years. So yeah. Um, and then other than that, like uh, actually working with Greg with Laser Bear on some things that we'll be awesome. uh, announcing next week. Um, so we'll be coming alongside him with the, uh, the Blue Retro mm -hmm. GameCube um, controller port stuff. And Love it. Doing, we're working on some other things together as well that um, aren't fleshed out enough to, to fully talk about just yet. But so there'll be some, uh, some team ups between myself and Greg, but we've always worked together. So... Nothing cool. new there, but a little more formal um, with with some of his own, um, like the laser bit stuff and um, different adapters and things we're working on. Yeah. Awesome. I can't wait to see all that come through. Yeah. So, yeah, some good stuff coming on the horizon. It's, it's just funny, like with the parts shortage, how it's just kind of changed direction, but it hasn't changed um, people's like passions. You know? Yeah. So it's like, it's all still there. We still want to make cool stuff. It's like, okay, can't make that. What can we make? That's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great to see you. Thanks yeah. for coming. Thanks for the update. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what you got coming next. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. cool. Thanks, Thanks man. man. See you. See ya. Shank, what's up, dude? It's it good to see you, man. Very good to see you here. Uh, we, you know, we obviously did an interview. I'm a fan of your videos, but a lot of people don't know all the behind the scenes stuff you work on as well. I saw you brought a nifty little lag test kit that we're going to have oh, to yeah. talk about, but... Uh, so I just wanted to, to check in with you. Do you want to talk about any of the lag stuff that you've been doing? I think people would really love to see. Like, you should start a second channel just for live streaming some of the crazier stuff that you do that, you know. Yeah, yeah, I do some, like, because, like, being, like, a CRT junkie and, like, playing Melee and stuff, I'm really into um, not just, like, quality video signals, but, like, testing latency. So ever since I got, like, a time sleuth, I'm, like, and I could finally, like, I could turn, I could mathematically sh show lag rather than just kind of a, a feel and arbitrary. <laughs> like once you're able to like mathematically categorize it, it's, it really changes it. Yeah. So I've got um, video converters. I've got a box that I've just assembled that's, so it's really portable of like video converters and um, so you mean like HDMI to component, HDMI to VGA? Yes. VGA, okay. And then, but, so I mainly have like two decks, like uh, HDMI to component and HDMI to VGA, but using component, uh, I can use the Luma of that because it's just a black and white signal to drive composite and S video. 
and using the VGA DAC, I made a little circuit board to turn VGA into, so RGBHV of VGA into RGBS of, nice. of RGB. So then I can use that to drive, you know, 240p RGB through the time slip to test Perfect. all sorts of stuff. So I can, so I can quickly, it's really cool to like take if I'm buying a CRT to be like, okay, um, to be like, all right, this one handles, all right, this one handles 240p, right? Oh, it's scaling this, you know, or, or see, hmm, it's, the, the bars are a little flagging a bit, so. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I still do all that manually. I need to make a little test kit just like you did. But yeah, that's, yeah. I'll, that's cool. I'll definitely. There's, there's just lots of, um, I, I think the Time Sleuth is such a cool device. I wish it was more widely available. It's, it's the kind of thing where I was like, um, when Dan was telling me about it a while, I was like, oh, I'll try it out and stuff. And once I tried it, I'm like, I was hooked. Like, because it's not just useful to uh, measure latency. It's great because if, because with a quick knob, I can set it 240p, 480i, 480p, 720p, 1080p. Yeah. So I can quickly test compatibility, test if a screen works, if it, uh, if I have a video, if I just got a new video converter, I can run it through that, see if it. Yeah. Yeah, like, I love that stuff. Be like, this one works with 480i, you know, 15 kilohertz, but not 30, you know, all sorts of stuff. So one of the things that we've been talking about is different types of HD CRTs. And I've tested a bunch recently. And there was ones, the Sonys were exactly as I expected. There was a few other brands that were a little unexpected. Yes. And uh, you know, I don't want to do the video about that yet because I want to make sure we get our research right. But on the Sonys, there are like two frames of lag usually. Um, yes. All of them process 240p incorrectly there as 480i. And there are, is that correct? Uh, that's my understanding. I wouldn't, I wouldn't quote me on that. Um, I do know they, they handle stuff weird. Like they run it as a, I read somewhere like they handle 480i as like, uh, it's weird what they'll do. Like for 480p, my understanding is they take the 480p and put it inside of a 540p black window and then overscan it. So that's what I wanted to ask you about because I still haven't quite grasped why they would do that. So my understanding is so that they're only, that it is always running at uh, 33 kilohertz. So it is always, it, whether it's 540p or it's, or it's uh, 1080i, it's always running at the same exact Right. The flyback is always running at the same. Whereas, because I read in some documentation on a different one that they performed the scaling so then it doesn't have to have sync processing uh, to mm. be able to know what the frequency of the signal is and change its behavior, change the behavior of the flyback and the circuitry based on that. That makes sense. Because the Sony that I just tested the other day, um, I... I still, shockingly, be an old man, have great hearing. So like, I put my ear up to the vents in the back of the CRT, and I was changing the time sleuth around, and the frequency never changed, not once. So it's not like when, you know, if you go from 15 kilohertz to 31, not only do you normally hear the clicks of the power supply, but that 15 kilohertz wind disappears, and there's a different frequency. None of that, at least in the Sony. The other ones I, I, I haven't had a chance to retest yet. Yeah. So that means they're definitely all being sent uh, to one frequency. But the one interesting thing was it was two frames of lag on 240p, 480i, 480p, and 1080i. 
and one frame a lag with 720p. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, I haven't. I haven't had a Sony TV in my possession to really uh, mess around with. Once the I've I've heard with uh, HDPT, you can get the high def pass through. You can get basically, essentially no. I've heard you can get essentially no latency. On through, the Sony's. Really? On the Sony's. Yes. On the. Is the setting called H? HDPT? It's like high def pass through or something. That's what HDPT. I, it might okay. be in the service menu. Uh, it's. I didn't check the service yeah, menu. It's mostly what. It's mostly I've been kind of on that end. I've been really listening to what other people have been telling me about their menus and kind of uh, passing it to people and bouncing stuff. I, I've never messed with a Sony HD set myself because mm. um, the because what, what's interesting most of what I play in 480p is melee that's yeah. which is um which I, if i'm playing 480p on a crt i'm doing that because i want no lag and uh with sony's you know it's gonna have lag and there is there is the retro tink stuff where you can run it on there using hdpt and scaling it beforehand but mm. it's kind of it's a little it's one of those things where if you get an HD CRT because you really want to play 480p content, you love movies, and oh, by the way, I also have a N64, running that through the retro tank and adding scan lines will give you a pretty close to 240p look. Yes, so. yes. But also because it's, um, if you're running the, is, is the retro tank able to put the 480p and the 540p? Because you're either going to be, because if you're running it through the retro tank, Mm-hmm. For the, my understanding is if you're retching, running it through the retro tank, for the um, HDCRT, right? Because yeah. you have to run, it, you have to send it either a for HDPT, you have to either send it a 540p signal or a 480 or or a 1080i. Okay, interesting. So yeah. you would have HDPT, to use the re, uh, retro tank 5x for the 540p. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. So um, I've. So HDPT only lets you do uh, 1080i or 540p, I believe. So you're able to use the RetroTINK. That's one of the cool features uh, Mike added on it. You're able to scale stuff to 540p. So then it can HDPT through the um, Sony HD CRT. That's some letters. Um, yeah. <laughs> now you know what it's like to be to be me every week with all these acronyms over and over yeah. and over. So you can do high def pass through of the HD. CRT, so, th- so this is the exact reason why I've never done a video on HD CRTs because I, I could, I'm okay in the Q and A's giving general info, but I really want to do a deep dive on a bunch of different models because yes. there are a few that are, are zero latency in all modes, including 480i, even yes. though it deinterlaces it to yes. 480p. But so I want to I want to make sure to get all of my facts right and present it in one video. Like here's the different types of HD CRTs. Yeah. They're all good, but here's better for this, better for that. You know, whatever. My advice, it's really, it's really undocumented territory. Once you, I, I love in our last video. If you've ever gone back and watched it, there's the part where you tell me you found an HD CRT with no lag. You can see the exact moment an obsession like developed in my brain and my brain just shut off and I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's so great. Like, um, and from then I started digging into it and I found, okay, here's some, uh, there's some models of it. It, so the, the thing is everyone knows Sony's. Everyone's like, Oh, Sony, Sony, it's all about the Sony's. But, uh, the Sony's have the, 
but because the Sonys have the processing for everything but the models with HDPT when you're specifically, so it's like only under specific circumstances. Yeah. So, and if you're doing the retro tank, you're either, you have two choices. You're either scaling it to 540p, right? Mm -hmm. So you're taking a 480p image and scaling it to 540p and putting it on there. Or um, you're either putting 480p in a 540p frame. Mm. Okay. So right. I don't know which he does or if you can do both on that, but that's I think the way can. math works is those are your options. I think you're able to go into the advanced settings and stretch or not for all of those modes, but I mean, a lot of 480p content, you, like, you just don't need integer scaling at all. It doesn't yeah. ruin the look. It doesn't make things look off-centered or jaggy or, you know, you don't get the shimmering. Yeah, I so. haven't, I, and the thing is I haven't seen it. So mm. you are, uh, it's, it's, it's the, the trade-offs of that. So you have, um, so it's just kind of a, um, it, it, there, there's no magic bullet is yeah. currently is what I'm saying. It's like, um, I'm not saying it's a bad way. I've, it's, it's really awesome because that's been able to like breathe new life into these. To, yeah. Like that's awesome. It's a really cool utility for, that you wouldn't think of. Absolutely. And I still need to go and find all of the models that I've never tested. And the one that I, I really want to look for, I guess there's two that, for my own personal collection, I'd love to find a 4x3 HD CRT that could do 480p that it doesn't have a ton of lag, but I also want to test those old, like 40 inch Sony's with the DVI inputs, like four by three. They're giant. I remember they were beautiful, but there were so many weird, like I don't want to say rumors, maybe like uh, but just misinformation about them and over the years. So I would love to get my hands on one of those, but they're like 300 pounds. Yeah. So I'd want to find somebody within driving distance yeah. that I could bring my equipment to and just plug everything into and yeah. not have to worry. I would love for people to go out and buy time sleuths. I, I want everyone to get a time sleuth and like yes. anytime they see an HD CRT, be like, oh, I'm interested in looking at, you know, I may be interested in buying it, you know, and at least test if people are selling them, like be like, hey, I'm not interested in buying this, but can I give you 20 bucks and just let me mess around with it? Yeah. Like, um, I would love to like pool together, you know, because I, I think that there's so much on, there's so, there's so many different ways to do it. You can either do dual scan. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've confirmed some are dual scan where they'll run 31 kilohertz or 33 kilohertz. Um, I just saw a Zenith where I was telling you, did I tell you about the Zenith? No. I saw on, it was an HD Zenith and it had two inputs. And one was labeled specifically for 480i. And one was specifically labeled for 1080i. Oh, and there was no 480p. No 480p, no, no 720p. And you had to send 1080i inputs to this one. And you had to send 480i inputs to that one. I've, I had a Luva TV where the component video inputs were 15 kilohertz only. And the VGA input could do 480p or 1080i but not 720. But, but that this was, was it. two component inputs. I've, I've never seen that before. That's yeah, kind of nuts. wacky. That's one of those fun things where it's just like, like I, that's, I would love just a warehouse of all of these because I yeah. would love to use it once and, and then it. leave it on a shelf. And then every, every once in a while, one of us will come up with the, hey, did you know that Zenith had another mode? Oh, yeah. Take it off the shelf, test it, put it back on the shelf. And yeah, because yeah, there's so many different, there's so many models of uh, HDCRTs and there's so many different... There's different, like, the, we don't know what all the different chassis do. 
So I would love to be able to test stuff. Like anytime I hear someone locally has one, I'm like, can I test this? Can I come over, just plug my time sleuth in and just see how it behaves? So like, you know, if you switch it to a mode and then the lines go all blah, 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 then, yeah. you know, you got like one that's not compatible, so. That's awesome. So do you have any hints on what's coming next on your channel or do you want to keep that a secret until there's uh, a big reveal? I've got, I've got a few projects in the works, like um, some, um, some, I want, I want, I've got a few more Wii Portables. I like to do videos on Wii Portables. And then there's some other consoles that I like that it's kind of, I've got some odd ones. And then I've got a video or two that's, that's different. Like it's, I, I may like to do, because I've got a big pipeline and I never know what will come out of it and what won't. Yeah. And, you know, I could have some new project that's way better that just takes over, like, I mean, that's kind of the good thing about having all these projects is you could have a complete timeline and then you get halfway through it and something else that you're really excited about happens. So make that video and then go back to the timeline and continue to make the other one. So yeah, it's, it's just a matter of like, you know, it's just a matter of time between this. You know, I've got, um, I'm doing the four layer tech stuff. Yep. Um, I'm doing, a, I've got a day job as well to um, keep things afloat. Yeah. And then uh, just trying to work hard. You know, I would, I'd like to, because right now, most people don't know, my entire workspace, workspace, storage, everything is a single room that is nine feet by 11 feet. So that is, that is um, editing space, filming space, workshop, storage, like everything is in that Jeez. room. So, I know the feeling doing that, doing that stuff out of the New York City apartments. I certainly know the feeling. It's a challenge. So I've been doing that there, and I've been living there for like several years. And I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, it's, once I graduate, I'll maybe buy a new place. And then, like, I graduated in January of 2021. So anyone who's been looking at housing market stuff knows that. Yeah. Yeah. When I moved last year, I almost didn't. I was almost like, let's wait for things to die down and... It's way worse now, even than it was last year. So, yeah, good luck. Yeah. So, What's up with the four-layer tech, though? I almost forgot to ask you about that. Anything new products? Any new stock coming in? I know part shortage is brutal. Yeah, part shortage has been brutal. We're stocking. Um, we're working to restock. Most of our time has really been spent on, like, uh, redesigning products to keep things in stock. We have a, we have a few projects that, like, are, we think are close. They're, mm -hmm. they're stuff that's um, a little different, but we think they'll be really really popular awesome but it's it's gonna reach a new new market of people that we you know this is something that's been in development for maybe two years and it's an idea i've had that, that ideas we've been talking about some of us have been talking about since maybe like 2017 like so i'm excited to see what you guys have coming yeah yeah so it's um not it, i'm really excited about it though i i I can't talk about. I I need to run it by my business partner. No, 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 no pressure, no pressure. I I just uh, I want to make sure if you had something to promote that we could promote it, and if you no, have something new in the pipeline, nothing. Just we'll we'll let everybody know when that's ready. Yeah, we've got uh, just um, we've got just restocking the Ashita stuff. We've got um, restocking the Forever Pack because people really like those. So. Yes, yes, they certainly did. Yeah. So cool. Oh, well, I mean, it's awesome to finally meet you in person. Thanks for coming. And, oh, yeah. uh, I've been know. having a blast. It's good. a good time. Cool. All right, man. Well, we'll definitely check in. We'll let everybody know when the new products come out. Sounds good to me. Thanks, man. 
Nicole, <sighs> great to see you again. This Likewise. is very cool that you made it down. We met in person the first time at last year's Retro World. And, yep. But it's, you know, these expos are crazy. You know, you're running around, you're talking to a million people, <laughs> we're having a conversation, people want to come up. And so it's I like, know. it's always nice to find a little corner and be able to have a chat with people. So <laughs> good to like officially meet you and hang out and have a talk and everything. Yeah, so. for sure. I've been trying really hard to keep up with your blog. But my problem with your blog is that I'm really interested in it. So I never just want to skim through. Mm. I want to wait till I have time to actually read them. And this is hard to find time to do anything. That's, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, but you've been, you've been keeping the content coming. You've been doing awesome work. Unfortunately, I was sick most of this month. So my content rate has gone down a bit. But I'm yeah. hoping to get that back up. You look good. I hope you're feeling better and everything. Thank you. So. Yeah, I'm feeling a lot better, thankfully. Awesome. I wouldn't have come down here if there was any. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, you are still working on a new game for the yeah. Master System, right? Yeah, I'm going a completely different route. Like, uh, you know, Space Ava was all turn-based. Mm -hmm. This game is... I've been on a massive cave kick lately, so I decided to try to do kind of some of that bullet hell type stuff. Nice. Which you don't usually see on these 8-bit systems. No, no. But uh, the Master System... I was, I'm pretty impressed with it as a system. Yeah. It has pretty good uh, sprite capabilities. You can do a lot of editing of VRAM in uh, while the screen is being drawn, which as someone who did a lot of NES programming is like, boom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, do you, how far along are you? Do you have like the, the levels in your head? Do you have the artwork? Or are you still on the coding side? It's pretty, I tend to do everything all at once in parts. Okay. So like I have, you know, it's about, I want to do nine levels, because nine is my favorite number. I try to incorporate nine in things. <laughs> okay. And I've got about five right now. Okay. So it's, you know. Top-down shooter? It's a... Isometric? Vertical shooter. Okay. Um, kind of more about... I said I was playing a lot of Cave, but it's like probably closer to Toho, because there's less focus on like the backgrounds. Okay, that makes sense. Because that's the trade-off I made to get more bullets and enemies is the backgrounds. Okay. <laughs> and are you doing the audio and the music for it as well? Yeah. I uh, tried to reach out to some people, but I don't know. I have that whole, I got to do everything myself. Yeah. I mean, I get it. You know, it's your creative vision. It's your, mm -hmm. it's your art, but it's also, you know, it's a ton of work. So. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I wanted to do some... FM music, and I just don't have time to compose for two sound chips. Yeah, because it's not just like you're adding an extra layer. You would have to compose two sets of music right, for exactly. each level. The FM or... chip has completely different you know, rules of how it works. Yeah. So what I do have right now for the FM chip is uh, it can play sound effects, so at least they don't interrupt the main track if you have the FM, which is something. Okay. You know, it's like Space Ava. I tried to do something for all the add-ons. That was, I, I really liked that, because it was one of those things where if you didn't have a super graphics, it's not like you couldn't play Space Ava, but if you did, you get the really cool background. Yeah, you get exactly. Thing. So yeah, that, that's a really neat way to implement it then. And uh, I also have some stuff where there's some dialogue scenes. And, oh, okay. Uh, between levels, because there's, there's nine levels, but you won't play all nine in a run. I'm doing like a branching path thing, kind of like, a, what was, I think Dar Darius does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, and for that, I decided, you know, the character sprites will be double-sized sprites, which is only supported on some master systems. Mm -hmm. The Genesis doesn't support it at all. 
So if you have a Genesis, you get you know, one sprite. And if you have the master system, it will have some animation. Because I can wow. have that extra So you were able to program that in like intentionally. Yeah. Because I, I had heard about that, but it wasn't until your Game Gear blog entry that I, I, like I put two and two together. Like, oh, that's right. The Master System 2 modes aren't available in Genesis, so that's yeah. why some, some things don't work like that. The Master that. System 1 has the double-size sprites, but four of them are broken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know how that happened. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, Sega in the 80s. I mean, <laughs> it's like the Wild West of video games, I guess. But Yeah, the Game Gear supports everything. So I was going to ask, now that you've messed with the Game Gear, are you going to do a Game Gear port of the game? I'm really frustrated with myself from the game design perspective because what I did was I, you know, it's a a vertical shooter with, you know, some stuff on the side of the screen with your score and whatnot. So you play the game in a box. And I made the box just a little too big to fit on the Game Gear screen. Uh, (laughs) I'm like, ah, if I had done that, if they were the same resolution, it would look a little weird on the Master System, I guess. But it would have been so easy to put it on the Game Gear. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, your... But I, I think I might try to do something with that. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, you could, you, know, you could just have it run in Master System mode or something and not have to worry about it. So. I know. But... I uh, was really amused by the uh, OutRun Europa. Yeah. Yeah, I just never knew. I, I played that game a lot as a kid. I was never good at it, but I never knew I was playing a Master System game on my Game Gear. I just, like, it was a mind-blowing thing. The other one is one of the Mickey Mouse games. Uh, Land of Illusion, I think. Castle of Illusion. Castle of Illusion. Yeah. Yeah, is also. And I'm like, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with these games, are you going to try to do a physical release as well? Or are you going to have it made on a Master System cart? So, like, I would like to. The big problem I always run into with physical releases is that, like, it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know a lot of people would like to have talked to, ask me, like, hey, I'd love a disc of Space Ava. Yeah. And I would, and, like, a disc is, you, you can get those mass-produced still. Yeah. But, uh. But, I, I mean, I think that's where the community is a big help, yeah, though. So if you I've, decide, like, okay, I definitely want to release a physical version, but it's a lot of work, you could pass it off to people. Sorry, yeah, there's, like, not. one fly that's been attacking all of us that's <laughs> been sitting here. But, uh, yeah, you could you need definitely pass here. it over. So. my cat. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I got uh, two kittens now. Ooh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I know that's weird. Ah, my, I messed up my back a couple of years oh, ago, geez. and every once in a while, I don't have to leave this on camera just because it's so weird. <laughs> every once in a while, I'll be sitting, and it'll pinch the nerve, Oof. and it'll feel like I'm getting tased in my leg, and that's exactly what's happening right now. Oh, boy. Okay, oh, well, let me just take a quick break here. Sorry. <laughs> okay, cool. Not going to sit in that position again. Oof. That was embarrassing and weird. I'm definitely leaving that in just because <laughs> the person I like to make fun of the most is me, so... <laughs> Uh-huh. All right, back to physical releases. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's good people to pass it off who that you could trust. If yeah, you want I've to. been uh, talking to some people. Nothing has gone anywhere yet, but cool. That would be nice because I don't know. The kind of the whole reason I got into making games for old systems is that it's so cool to have that cartridge or yeah disc. Yeah, it, it just some of them like when you hit that perfect combination 
Like, yes, the ROM is awesome. You get to play the game. Mm. Everything's cool. But just if you own a master system, being able to open up that box, and I'm sure your artwork would be a little more than a black and white checker with a terribly, but you know, well, written stick system, figure. So it has to be like. <laughs> Could be a little checkery. <laughs> but, you know, taking out that cartridge, you know, flipping it over to double check it's actually beveled so you're not destroying <laughs> your system, plugging it in. Like, there's just something about that. Oh, yeah. it, it's just really cool. So. As a developer, that's going to be badass as well. Like, this is mine. I made it. <laughs> yeah. The problem I have with the uh, Aspect Star cartridges is that I'm like, all right. Is this the day my soldering goes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I feel so bad. Uh, a friend of mine is an NES collector, so I made him a copy of Aspect Star for his uh, collection. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it failed. It, something... It, I don't know, one of the connections went bad, I guess. Mm. So I went and redid it, and we're like, oh, well, we see each other pretty often. I took it back in, like, February of 2020. <laughs> took until uh, earlier this year for me to get it back to him. That happens. That's funny. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, oh, well. But, yeah, so uh, that would be cool. I also uh, don't really know how... I have to look into, like, what's available for, like, the banking, because... Mm. That's, you know, I'm doing a lot more stuff with, like, performance, a lot more stuff with banking, because uh, Space Ava was all in C, so I didn't really have to deal with that low-level stuff as often. This is all assembly. Yeah, so that's... So my um, non-programmer understanding yeah. in this is uh, programming in C is a little bit easier, but programming in assembly is more efficient, so you get more performance out of it. Is that, is that yeah, kind of... Yeah, I mean, it's like... With C, you're kind of always trusting the compiler to uh, what it's going to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm really trying to have pushed the performance angle of the game here. So I really wanted to make sure I knew what I was doing at each state. It was doing. Now, of course, I've never written a big Z80 project before. So <laughs> <laughs> well, am I actually better than a distance. compiler? I don't know. <laughs> And, you know, for anybody that was unfamiliar with Space Ava, you're not reskinning an existing game. You're writing this. Yeah. I mean, you're developing the game from scratch, you know, in your own vision. It's not, and I'm not, I am absolutely not shitting on reskinned projects. Oh, no. I like a lot of those. A lot of them are great. But this is yours from scratch. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's been really fun. And, uh, you know, I did JavaScript games for a while before that. Mm-hmm. It's what I do in my day job is JavaScript, so. <laughs> JavaScript games or just Not JavaScript? Games. Okay, yeah. Uh, web apps. Yeah. I'm sure that's uh, I'm sure that's fulfilling, but the games are probably a little games more fun. Games are more fun, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so I will obviously, as soon as there's a demo out or anything else, be promoting it. But if anybody wants to support you right now, you have a Patreon, but yeah. you also post everything on your blog. Yep. So if somebody's not in a position to support, they could still get all of your content. But yeah. if they are in a position to support, <laughs> On the Patreon, I do like, you know, give like a spoiler of what the upcoming post is, but I do try to do everything at the same time. I'm lucky enough to be in a situation where I don't, where I have a day job that supports me. So if nice. people don't have the abilities to uh, support, I still want them to. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to overstep my bounds here, but just I want to make sure that you know, I know you put a lot of pressure on yourself to get content out. 
the people that support you don't care. Yeah. They support you because they know the work you do. They know your blog entries are great. So uh, you've seen all my apologetic posts. Yeah, guess. like if you, you if you miss a week, it's fine. And yeah. Everything's cool. We all get it. We don't think you're running away with our Patreon <laughs> money. The life happens. Like, you know, and you mm-hmm. don't just put up blog posts like, oh, this morning I had Cheerios for breakfast. Like, you do some deep shit. So it's, you know, we appreciate the work that you put in. So don't oh, put, put too you. much pressure on yourself. Keep them coming if you can because we all like them. But... <laughs> Just don't worry about it. You don't have to do one a week. You do it when you need to. So. I'm doing one every other week right now. That's been pretty. That's been pretty good as long as you know, I don't get sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, take your vitamins. I brought extra ones here because you know we're gonna see people all over the planet. Oh yeah. So we want to make sure to keep the. That was the one thing, the one piece of advice that I, I give people that go to these is when I used to do CES every year for my previous job, I would get sick every time not just because of the lack of sleep not just because of all i used to drink partying out there but (laughs) it's you know if you have people from all over the planet you know your little area that you live in you're used to all the normal germs you'll get a sore throat one day and wake up fine the next day but that germ that you've never been in your body before that came from across the planet your body's like what is this (laughs) stop it so take your vitamins you know so you get stay stay in the sun a little bit and you know so hopefully hopefully we can it's so humid here today though (laughs) oh yeah well at least stay by the window but you know (laughs) Let's try to stay Get healthy. Get that vitamin D somehow, this. right? Cool. Well, thanks for doing this, and yeah. uh, we will definitely check I hope, in uh, again. I got the microphone right. Perfect. <laughs> cool.